Hello friends, welcome or welcome back. You're listening to Strictly Crime with me, Alex. I hope you're all doing great this week. It's time for another new episode. The weather here in Ohio has been pretty dang good. I mean, it's been in the 50s and I am so ready for spring. But next week is supposed to be like 67. So that is going to be paradise compared to what it was a few weeks ago. I'm so excited for that. Uh, This week, I just actually got a new tattoo, too. And it is beautiful. It's a tribute to my grandmother who passed away a couple months ago. And it's a beautiful owl, which was her favorite animal. And it's starting to peel and stuff. I'm not excited for the itching phase, but nonetheless, I'm so excited I got it. I got it from a local artist here in Ohio. She is called Cacti Hannah on Instagram. Definitely go check her out, guys. She is amazing. Um, But yeah, I am super excited for this episode. I wanted to do something a little bit different. And I don't know if you guys have heard of the podcast. I think it's called the Gone Cold Podcast or something. They have like a little puzzle piece in their picture but I forget what the name is. Um, But I listen to them a lot and they do a lot of missing persons cases or just unsolved stuff like that. And their episodes are pretty small. They're like 15 to 20 minutes long because there's not much information on these victims. There's like, it's unsolved. They don't know what happened. So there's not much to talk about. They are given the facts and that's really it. So I wanted to bring up a man named John Burnside, who his case was labeled a homicide back in, I think it was 1987. We'll, we'll get into it in a minute, but I wanted to bring him up before I go into my other case because his murder is still unsolved and I never heard about it before. So I wanted to bring awareness to him and what he went through and hopefully get his name out there a little bit. If anybody knows anything, I'll be able to, you know, call and give some information. So I wanted to bring him up. It will only be a few minutes at the beginning of this episode. And then I, we are going to go into Ashley Summers. She went missing from Cleveland, Ohio, and she has yet to be found as well. I believe this happened in 2007. So we're going to get into both cases definitely grab some snacks, sit down, relax, and we're going to get right into it. All right, let's get started. So like I said, I want to start off with John Burnside, and he has an unsolved cold case. So on... December 11th, 1993 was the day that he died. I was off by a couple years, but that day, 10 hours before he was found, he had actually reported that his home was broken into and he lived at 622 Chestnut Street in Marysville, Ohio. He said his home was broken into and then later he was found deceased. While the death was initially ruled a suicide, it was later determined the cause of death was ruled a homicide. As a result of these findings, the county prosecutor asked for an independent investigation to be performed by the Ohio Bureau of Identification and Investigation. The Union County Sheriff's Office later joined the investigation with them to assist with interviewing local witnesses. In cooperation with local law enforcement agencies, they are asking if you have any information to assist 
in the investigation of the homicide of John E. Burnside, call, you can call uh, Lieutenant Jeff Styers at 937-645-4126, or you can also call the anonymous uh, Union County tip crime tip hotline at 937-642-7653. And I have, because I live in Ohio, in this town, I have heard quite a few rumors. Um, some of my family members have lived here for quite a long time during when he was found. And um, I was told that they, this is just rumors and stuff, but I was told that he had like a bag over his head um, and that he had cerebral palsy. So it wouldn't make sense for him to commit suicide because it might be difficult for him. There's a lot of rumors um, about this and a lot of people like on Facebook that live in this town say we know exactly who did it. Um, let me find one. Some I found, so they posted this on Facebook, what I just read. And some people, some comments were saying, it took you guys 10 hours to respond, question mark. Um, it says that he was, a, this guy was a really nice guy. Burnside was, and he was a murdered. Many of us who are raised here know he was murdered. And this is when they said that he was discovered with plastic wrap around his throat and hands. So it's very weird, very strange i have no idea what happened to this man but information needs to get out because you know he was in his 30s but he still had a very long life to live and if anyone has any information we really 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 need to get this case solved this poor man was murdered and his murderer is probably on the loose right now we have no idea so i just wanted to bring his case to light if you guys know anything please call those numbers and we're going to get into our missing persons case of Ashley Summers. So Ashley Nicole Summers was born June 16th, 1993, which is pretty creepy because that's the same year that John Burnside died. That's kind of weird. I didn't even realize that. Um, she was part of a huge family. They did many things together, went to the movies, um, just hung out together. And... It was said that in 2007, when she went missing, she began acting differently. She became more rebellious. I think she was 14 or 15 at the time. I believe it was 14. Um, she became very rebellious. She was leaving the house without permission, skipping school. It was said that one time she even stole some of her mother, just Jennifer's money from her dresser, which consisted of her whole paycheck and went out and got a tattoo. Her mother was furious. To top it off, the tattoo was actually the name of her boyfriend at the time, 16-year-old Jean Jill, who her mother deeply disapproved of. Um, when Jennifer and Ashley had a pretty big fight one day, Ashley decided to go stay with her uncle Kevin for a while. And this wasn't like too weird or out of the ordinary because earlier that spring, she had been staying with her grandmother as the family was trying to get Ashley hopefully back on track. So she was staying with different family members. So it's not too crazy that she went to stay with her uncle. Um, Kevin Donathan, I believe his last name is, he lived a few miles from Ashley's mom house on the west side of Cleveland, Ohio. And Kevin was actually Ashley's great uncle, not her regular uncle. 
and by most accounts he was known as like the cool uncle the chill uncle he was a single man he had all the fun gadgets and electronics that everyone wanted to hang out with and the one that took the kids to the lake during the summer so he did all these fun things with the family and all the kids and they seemed to love him Uh, It says that there was at least one family member who was interviewed that claimed to have seen some unsettling behavior from Kevin at a family get-together that made her uncomfortable. She doesn't really specify, but felt that the others didn't seem unsettled by it. So, other than, you know, that, this man was left alone with children and nothing really was done at the time about this incident. It was just kind of brushed off. So yes, she was 14 years of age when she disappeared near her home in Cleveland, Ohio in early July 2007. It says as of January 2022, her whereabouts remain unknown and there have not been any verified sightings of Summers since her disappearance. She was last seen at around 6 p.m. on the 4th of July 2007 and she was last seen in the area of West 96th Street and Madison Avenue. Earlier that day, she went to a pool party and she was one of the only guests there. After spending a few hours swimming at the pool, she decided to go visit her aunt, Christina, who lived within a 10-minute walk away from the pool, but she never arrived. Because she was frequently staying with relatives, her disappearance actually went unnoticed until two days later. So, her date of birth, June 16th, 1993, she had brown hair, blue eyes, she was 5 feet 5 inches tall, weighed about 130 pounds, she's a white female, she has that tattoo on her upper arm, and that is her description. Her great uncle, Kevin Donathan, said that he spoke with Summers on the morning of the day of her disappearance. Jonathan grabbed Summer's phone and broke it because they had an argument and that deprived Summers of her ability to contact her family or friends. At the time of her disappearance, she had that tattoo with Jean. That is one of the most recognizable things probably on her is that tattoo. She was initially considered a runaway due to her history with her family in the weeks leading up to her disappearance, including her rebellious act of getting the tattoo without her mother's permission, stealing money, skipping school, yada, yada. So they just kind of said, yeah, this is a runaway. And a week after her disappearance, her family band together to search the neighborhood and surrounding areas for her. Interestingly, Shortly after she disappeared, her grandfather and step-grandmother were driving down a street when they saw a young woman walking their direction on the sidewalk. They apparently had a recognizable car, and this young woman was staring into the car as it drove by. Her grandmother said that this looked exactly like Ashley, and she immediately thought it was. She said that she had cut her hair and dyed it blonde, but they were almost certain it was her, so they turned around to see if they could find her but she vanished that's a super crazy story but her grandmother did not tell the police about this right away she did later mention it to the fbi the unfound podcast has a great interview with the grandmother and the host like asked her why didn't she go to the police sooner and she said she had no contact at the police station 
and that the police didn't really act as if they cared about Ashley. This just led to them doing more investigating on their own, and they didn't run to the police with everything, which I, that definitely makes sense because there is a lot of corrupt police forces, so I totally understand if they just thought, you know, Ashley's a runaway and that's all we can do and just wait until we get more clues, and her family's like, no, we're going to do everything we can to find our 14-year-old granddaughter or daughter or friend, you know? The FBI later speculated that she may have been kidnapped and that her disappearance could have actually been related to those of Amanda Berry, Gina De Jesus, and they vanished in Cleveland in 2003 and 2004. And on May 6, 2013, they were found alive and rescued from a house on Seymour Avenue, which is also considered the house of horrors. If you guys, oh, this is like a, such a famous case. Um, police also found the third captive which is michelle knight and she had been missing since 2002 although barry and de jesus were well known almost as soon as they disappeared knight received very little if any attention prior to their rescue and was absent from the fbi's missing persons database for most of the time she spent in that house this was an initially speculation that Summers may have been found, have been like a captive there too, but there was no evidence that was found. But a lot of people speculate that maybe he had her in there for a while and then moved her and killed her. But Summers' mother, Jennifer, has always had a firm belief that her daughter was taken against her will and would never run off from home on her own. She was living with her uncle and arguing with him shortly before she vanished which is very suspicious she they it was said that i think her her mom said this that her mom had gotten a call about a year later after she went missing and the girl on the other end which was a blocked number by the way the girl on the other end said it's me mom don't worry now she had said that she didn't go to the police it was like a very very short phone call and she didn't know what to think of it so she didn't go to the police about it so they weren't able to trace phone records and see who really made this call if it was could have been ashley uh on june 16th 2013 friends and family of summers celebrated her 20th birthday um, by passing out flyers and releasing balloons at West 110th and Lorraine Avenue. Then on November 7th, 2018, police and the FBI visited uh, Holden Avenue, a location that Summers was known to visit. Authorities looked behind a home on Holden Avenue and uncovered new information on possible times and locations at which she could have been spotted before her disappearance. The people who lived in the house now have obviously nothing to do with the case, but they were cooperating with authorities. In 2000, August 2007, one month after she disappeared, her family received that phone call and they were, they were shook. I mean, I would too, if it's, I, I don't, I don't, I think they said it sounded like her and stuff, but they just weren't able to trace it. I am sure that that brought them a little bit of relief, but also they were never able to kind of look back at the call and trace it. So I would have been freaking out about that if it were my daughter who called me. Obviously, I think you can tell what your daughter's voice is on the phone. 
I just feel so bad for them that, you know, it could have been a prank call for all we know. Who knows? Like, someone so disgusting could do something like that. But nothing came out of that phone call. On December 4th, 2018, Kevin, her uncle, was charged with rape, but he has not been named a suspect in her disappearance. On February 25th, 2020, Donathan, at the age of 55, was sentenced to 35 years in prison on charges of rape and prostitution. To me, this seems very suspicious because if he was this cool uncle that did all these fun things with the kids and he turns out to be a rapist and involved with prostitution, that seems very suspicious and very scary That to know that she was around this uncle, that he could have done bad things to her as well. Who knows? Definitely suspicious to me. The FBI actually conducted a search, I believe it was in 2021, last year, but they did confirm that no human remains were found during the search, but they did find animal bones on the property on Train Avenue in Cleveland. The Cleveland FBI Special Agent Vicki Anderson says that the FBI developed new information that the site of the dig may have been the last area she was seen alive. Uh, a rumor that was spread was in early 2015, and the rumor was that she had been spotted at an ATM in Rhode Island. The rumors were dismissed about a year later, uh, later on, and on July 6, 2015, two days after the eighth anniversary of her disappearance, was when the FBI determined that the woman in the picture was not Summers. She was featured in a section of the show Oprah in 2009, along with other missing people that included Sabrina uh, Eisenberg and Jacob uh, Wetterling. And they disappeared in 1998 and 1989. So there's really been, they literally have not been able to find her body. As of last year when they did this search, I feel so bad for her family because you know, they're all getting older and time's just going to keep passing. And hopefully if they are doing searches, that's really good because they're obviously getting some information as of last year that would make them go and search these places. But it's still so upsetting that nothing has been found. She was so young and I will post pictures on Strictly Crime Instagram if you guys want to go follow I will post her pictures, her tattoo. They have a like an aged image of what she could look possibly look like today. And it's just so upsetting that she still hasn't been found. So we're gonna talk about the people in this case that you know could possibly be connected. The first was her boyfriend. He did seem to have an alibi, but no one actually ruled him out completely in the years after her disappearance he found himself in and out of jail multiple times on drug offenses and petty theft charges he does claim that he knows nothing about the whereabouts of ashley and that her case torments him emotionally for so many years he was subjected to multiple interviews but he was even followed by her family members and i'm sure he was questioned by tons of her friends it does seem unlikely that it was Jean, 
but the FBI are quick to say that no one has been ruled out, which totally makes sense. But it was said that I don't think she was with her boyfriend the night she disappeared. So I, I personally don't, what the information that we do have, which is very little, it does seem like it probably wasn't him. I mean, she literally just went and got a tattoo of his name. So they were probably definitely in love because I don't think, I don't know many people that would get a tattoo of their significant other that is acting strange around them or violent or mean to them or suspicious you know you're gonna get a tattoo of someone that you love so much so i don't think personally this guy's it so then there's ashley's mother and apparently her behavior at times was very odd in a few articles and news clips with her but ashley did have like a history of running away so it, it makes sense that her mother wasn't like, where's Ashley? Where's Ashley? When she didn't speak to Ashley for 24 hours because Ashley would go and stay with friends or hang out with her uncle. So her mother didn't probably think this was too odd. Um, like they did have a very large family around them, like I said. So if Ashley's mother wasn't talking to her, she probably thought that she was just at a family member's house. Um says here that she was criticized for not doing like more to find her daughter and many have said that she doesn't post on social media very often about Ashley while some other family members do so it's just judgment when you you know you're not in those person's shoes so you don't know how her mother's coping I personally think her mother probably had nothing to do with this but again nobody is ruled out I just think that her daughter was more rebellious and so her mother probably just thought like oh she's out somewhere and she'll be home later which i totally get and then we have ariel castro which had the house of horrors um there has been a lot of rumors spread about any possible involvement he maybe had all three girls amanda gina and michelle have said there was never another girl in the house with them at any time at one point, some rumors circulated that Ashley's name was carved in the basement walls of his home with rest in peace, but the FBI came out and said that that was not true. People obviously just wanted some sort of answers, so they're going to go with any possible, any possible rumor that they can and go with it to see if they can maybe get anything out of that. Castro himself admitted to mostly everything that the three girls had accused him of he told detectives a lot of detail about how he committed his crimes and how he got away with it for so long so you would think that he would have just owned up to something if he did it to ashley but we may never know lastly is the uncle kevin and there seems to be a point to him because obviously he has a sexual deviant history with young girls and Ashley was living with him. He had broken her cell phone so she could have no contact with anyone and this could all be unrelated, but maybe it could be related as well. Um, he does have 2018 charges on him, like we said, and he did admit to those crimes. He did apologize and he was quite upset in court when listening to the statements from the girls he abused. So this could be another case where if he did do something, he would have owned up to it. 
you know what I mean like he admitted to doing the this to these other girls so why would he just not say anything about Ashley and it could be to protect himself he was getting 35 years but he could have got even longer if he did kill someone you know rape and murder are a little bit different so he could be keeping quiet about that but and he also probably doesn't want to hurt his own family members by admitting something but you know he doesn't seem like a sort of really smart guy to be able to get rid of Ashley and leave no evidence behind you would think there would be some sort of connection but we they are in Cleveland here and Cleveland Cleveland Ohio is right next to Lake Erie which is a huge body of water so she could have been dumped there if anything um the police like I said, felt that she was a runaway from the very beginning. So not many properties were searched. And at Kevin's house, it wasn't, there wasn't a search done there right away after she vanished. So could he possibly have covered up something, got rid of some evidence? I, we don't know if he did it, but we can only hope that doing 35 years in prison will give him plenty of time to think about it. And if he did do something to, to say something, you know, so all of this took place in an area of Cleveland that is really known for drugs and prostitution and it was definitely not a good neighborhood at all as much of all of the people and Ashley's life could have been a suspect um it's equally likely that a stranger could have got a hold of her as well that's all the information that we have on her um, I used Daily Mail, Wikipedia, Fox 8 News, and there's some interviews and some YouTube videos that you can watch about her mother and about the search they did last year, but that's really all the information there is. Um, personally, I, I really don't want to think that a family member could have killed her or hurt her in any way, but to me, that seems the most likely answer just because her uncle does have a history of doing that. He has a history of hurting young girls. And her phone was broken. She was supposed to go to her aunt's and never did. So I think it either could have been the uncle. You know, but who really knows? I think it could have either been the uncle or it was a stranger because we do have Ariel Castro being a terrible person and there's probably more people just like him. We we don't know. So someone could have gotten a hold of her, someone just like Ariel Castro and disposed of her. It is completely unknown at this point. Luckily, police and the FBI are trying to get new information. They did that search last year but there's no new information as of yet so far this year but that is all I have on Ashley Summers she has been missing for a very very long time over over five six seven years I mean this is crazy I feel so bad for her family because she was such a young girl and she had a whole life to live as well and you know there has been rumors that maybe she's still alive, but at this point, I do not think so. I think something very bad happened to her, and I hope whoever did something to her gets prosecuted, gets found, and gets put in jail for the rest of their lives. If you guys have any information on her, you can call Cleveland's 
police department and, you know, give tips. Unfortunately, that's all I have on her case. These, I personally believe that she is deceased. So it's really upsetting that John at the beginning of this episode and now Ashley have two unsolved, there's two unsolved cases, you know. I hope that both families can get some sort of some sort of answers or something you know at least john they were able his family was able to lay him to rest because they had his body but with ashley her body's never been found and that takes some closure away from away from them you know they're not able to fully heal so i hope there's able to be some sort of answers given hopefully in the next years to come i hope you guys enjoyed both of these cases and if you have any information on either of these please call and let someone know these people were humans and they had lives to live thank you guys so much for listening again you can follow strictly crime on instagram to see what both of these people looked like they were both great souls and they did not deserve to die and be forgotten so go ahead and follow for more episodes to come i hope you guys enjoyed listening and thanks so much see ya